1: Welcome to Cottage Talk. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 1-0 loss to West Ham on Saturday. We are recording this Monday night. If you have a question or a topic for us to discuss, please leave it in the comment section. We have a lot to get to. I'm Russ Goldman, along with my co-host, is Max Cohen and, of course, Yan Janais. We're going to go through all of this, okay? But, guys, I thought I would get us going by starting here. I'm going to start right here. And, uh, again, there's a lot to talk about. Here's my take that I think should get us going a little bit. I truly believe this. I'm predicting Fulham are going to stay in the division. And part of the reason comes from this match. It's all been building to this. Yes, it's a loss, okay? But when you look at the team that they put out there and the team that they played against, and go back two seasons ago when they played West Ham, this was a completely different team. This was a loss, and we're going to go through why it was a loss. But the fact that you have a a complete back five, complete different back five guys, you have all these new players. I believe you only had four players that were on the championship team that started that match. Think about that, okay? So you have a completely new team and you held your own and you deserved something out of it. It's all been building. If they can keep their defensive shape like they did against West Ham they're going to pick up points. If this is the starting point, they're only going to improve. Guys, I think Fulham are going to stay in this division. This match, even in a loss, makes me feel this way. Max, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I
2: think, you know, taking a couple of days to reflect on the match, I think that's maybe the correct take from it, honestly. Um, I'm not going to go as far to predict we're going to survive. I hope we survive, but it's certainly a step in the right direction Right. perform. Let's just let's take the last ten minutes out of it. The first ninety was let's just say how it was. It's a promoted team running an established Premier League side, wire to wire to wire, you know? This is a West Ham side, which we've talked about, gave you know, City a draw, came back against Spurs from three goals down. It's a very good side. David Moyes is, is experienced manager. A call this is not like a it's not a lead or a team that just went up. This is West Ham United. Right. And we respected them. But we weren't really scared by them. We no. Played our football. We did. We did absorb some pressure. They were all over us in the early stages, but we held strong. And I think that's what you touched on: is that defensive so, solid, that solid nature of that back four and Areola is super encouraging because we were shipping goals for fun, you know, in the first couple of matches. Now we seem to turn that around, and that's really encouraging. However, you know, the, the immediate. You know, aftermath was dominated by the last 10 minutes, which will hurt the confidence of the players. But I think Scott Parker's message is, look what happened in the first 90 minutes. And that's a blueprint again for survival, I
1: think. Right, right. And and that's my point, guys, is when we look back at this, and again, we're going to talk about how bad this match ended and it ended badly. And right afterwards, I understand the devastation because I was devastated as well, but A couple days later, when I look back at this and I think about how they played, and I watched this match, I'm going to tell you guys at least three times. I watched it from beginning to end at least three times. And the improvement that I've seen, again, we're talking about a complete back five, brand new, and they're only going to get better. I mean, this team is starting so new altogether, and they're adding so many new players. And we're already at this point giving West Ham everything that they could handle. And honestly, Fulham deserves something from the match. This is why I feel positive out of this. Your thoughts, Giannis? Again, again, I'm I'm making a bold prediction very early on, but this has been leading up for me. This seems so different than two seasons ago.
3: Oh well, need to stay healthy. I mean, it, it, I thought Reed did a very, very good job Saturday, but Lamina was out, and you look at the bench, and you sort of, you know, oh, mother, you know, it's even. When Boo Boo comes back, we're not we're not very deep. No, we're not. But the, sh- but the shape was very very good on Saturday. We, yes. We, um, Scotty deserves an awful lot of credit. He and the coaches, in terms of what, the way he set us up, and um, I thought we put in a very creditable performance. And, and um, mm. the, 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 I thought the lads worked very very hard, and they left it all on the field. That's all we can ask. Uh, and, exactly. You know, it was really pleasing to watch. The, the, just. You know, that hopefully, shuts up the the Parker naysayers out there. Um, this is a young manager who's smart, and he, he's uh, he's he's going to be a real good one. And um, um, uh, we did enough to get the point. They, I think that just the work rate from zero to ninety was excellent, and it's I, I can't I can't um I can't question that commitment and if we can stay relatively healthy i think i think we've got we've got a good shot don't forget we're going to have the january transfer window That's might, right. you know and see how that looks but but we're lucky because burnley are, are struggling sheffield united don't look very good and west brom are just awful right now so right. as long as we can keep our heads above water i think we've got a good shot
1: okay and and like i said when you look at all the players all the new players that have been integrated And you have Tom Kearney, Bobby DeCadova-Reed, and Mitro out there and all these other new players. Just think about that and think about how that could end up being as they get to know each other a lot better. And like I said, the back five being brand new. But again, I understand why uh, people are commenting. Here's our friend Brian Lake. He's coming right at me. Slow the positivity train, Russ. Listen, I understand that. But you're not going to slow me down because, again, I'm a positive person. I felt good when I woke up this morning. I'm thinking, you know what? I th- I see a, a positive point of us going forward from what happened at the end. I, you know, and again, we're going to talk about all that because it's how you react to such a devastating loss like this and what happened at the end, which, which will really tell you about this team. If they can rebound from this, they can do anything. And because that was as, as bad as it gets. And yes, Brian, still only one when I get that I need a few more before we start all that, I disagree. I'm gonna do it right now, and I just did it right now. So so there. I, I like it, Brian, but I'm sorry. I, I'm just that's just me being me. Okay, guys, let's get into this because again, I'm sure people want to really uh hear our thoughts on everything. So where, where, where should we start? Okay, let's start with a controversy at the end. We have to go there. So let's let's get this going, guys. Let's start with Wickman's penalty, miss. Max, I'll go to you first. Give me your thoughts, and then I'll go to Giannis.
2: It's a terrible penalty. It's an awful, awful penalty. That's that's all there is to it. He missed a penalty. Look what happened in the Premier League this this, this weekend. Jamie Vardy, one of the best goal scorers in the Premier League, missed a penalty. Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne, Bruyne, missed a penalty. Dragged it wide left. In my opinion, a missed penalty is a missed penalty. I don't care how you miss it, you missed it. Should he even try to chip it down the middle? No, I wouldn't have done that. I think most players would have done that. But Mitrovic, Mitrovic slammed his penalty down the middle against Sheffield United and it blazed over the bar. If it was a cheeky chip, people would have been mad at him too. But it's the same result. It's a miss. Mitro wasn't getting nearly enough of the abuse that Lookman's getting. I think that's a shame. I think he apologized. I mean, and let's be honest, no one is more bereft that they're of the match than Lookman and i've seen the video of fabianski like giving it to him at the end yep. the total lack of class by the keeper listen the guy apologized it's a terrible penalty but i think the criticism he's getting is very unfair okay I, in the moment i was i was absolutely devastated and angry yeah so was but i i think we have to remember what lukman has done for this team and he's been one of our best players since he joined this moment is a setback for him but overall i think he's going to be a big key to survival and he needs to move on for this. He needs to apologize to his teammates, to the fans. By all accounts, he already has done that. Right. And and honestly, let's move on. I felt the same way about Abubakar Kamara when he had the whole incident with Mitra. And what's what's with it with full on penalties, let's be honest. We're just a mess. Um <laughs> and it's gone back a long while. Yep. Yeah. Ralph Leach in the comments says since Murphy left and that's true. We haven't really He had is
1: a hundred percent right.
2: But let's be honest, Kamara, terrible decision to get. He missed a penalty and of course took it off Mitra. We all know what happened two years yep. ago. And I said, listen, he apologized. Let's get him back in the team. He was trying to get a goal for the team. He didn't get it. but And now, you know, he's a big part of the promotion and he's a big part of the Premier League season for us. Again, I have a very – I want to be forgiving with Fulham players. They all want, want us to win, and we need all of them, including Lukeman. It was a tough moment. I was
1: angry. I think we move on. Okay. I'm feeling similar to you after – you know, again, right after I, I was not happy, obviously for- – for reasons that you just explained, Max, but, and, uh, I'll share a tweet from Adam Olookman in just a bit, but, um, I'm there with you. I understand. But again, there's the other side of that. So again, um, I want to go over to you, Giannis. I, I, you and I have talked off air and, uh, shared some thoughts on this. I I know you feel differently about this. So I want to give you your chance to share your views on Adam Olookman's, uh, penalty miss.
3: The end of the game, um, I'm not even going to say his name. I'll just say number 19. It was going okay. to fulfilled. And Joe Bryan had his arm around him, his neck. And I think at that point, I think if it had been Scotty, I'd have come over to him and said, look, go in the change room, um, get your tracksuit top on, get your stuff, no shower. I'll call you an Uber, uh, send you back across West London. They usually have the, the cars. Um, some of the cars at Craven Cottage or the hire somewhere else. Um, take the Uber, get your vehicle, See at practice on Monday. Um, the, the 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 thing that um, I, as a player I played for many years. I think you know Roy Keane got a lot of stick a few weeks ago about the De Gea's first half against Tottenham, and Keane said, "Well, I'd have gone back in a half time and fought him." And I and I got that as a player. As a manager, I don't know how I would have gone back in that change room. I don't know what I'd have said. I, I, um, but um, I think I'm more devastated for Scott than anyone else. I am. I'm devastated for him. I'm really just. I think it's awful. He's done such. He has fought the odds since day one. When he, at the end of the season, we were we got relegated. Worked his ass off, against the grain, against many fans who thought he shouldn't be our manager last year, and we had some blips. And he fought that as well. And at the start of the season, every Tom, Dick, and Harry saying we're the worst team in the division, we can get relegated. He's always maintained himself with class. He's always defended the players. He's always, you know, exemplified an incredible professionalism and deportment. And I felt, I felt just shocking for him, because it is a lonely job, and for that to happen to you as a manager, and to walk back in the change room, because if he he has to go back in that changing room and lift everybody up, the players that, that put everything in. And it's, I don't think there's anyone that didn't play well. And so he has to lift them. And I would have done it without number 19 in the room because somehow, because there would have been players there that wanted to beat him up. I'm sorry, it's a professional team. They'd have also wanted to jump him. So the biggest challenge now to Scotty Parker as a young manager is how he's going to lift a team that has 10 players missing after international break um, and how he somehow finds a way to galvanise his squad for 12 days' time when we play Everton and we've got Everton, Leicester, City, Liverpool coming up and try and explain to them that for 95 minutes we were worthy of a point and, and the lads gave it everything that they had. And for me, I think I've got images... You know, and if you, you know, I've had a lot of flack on social media, but the opinions are right down the middle here. It's it's galvanised the Fulham fans. I keep I keep having images of Roger Brown in 1982, you know, with a headband covered in blood and his shirt covered in blood. I think of Ivor, I think of Robbo. I think of Louis. Um, I think of Coney. I think of all the greats going back. You know, George Cain and and, and Clark and Bobby Robson and Jimmy Hill. I think of the history of this club since 1879, Fulham St. Andrews. And nobody's ever been bigger than that club and never, nobody ever will be. And um, you, the Penenka is the Penenka down the middle, not what he did. I got stick for saying it was premeditated, and I need to clarify that one. When it's premeditated... You go, You put the ball down and you know exactly what you're going to do. Yeah,
1: he came out and changed his mind at that split second, Giannis.
3: But but you, you, there's only one thing you do with that penalty and you dispatch it. And okay. if if Adebar, uh, Adebayo or um, Anderson or Robinson or Ina, or Anguisa to an extent had done the same thing as number 19, I'd feel okay. the same way. Because they've come into our club, they're fairly new. If it had been Mitro or Harrison Reed or Dakota Dover Reed, um, Cavallero, I-, I could excuse it because they were part of our run last year. They earned their Spurs, they earned their respect. And when you go to a new club, the first thing you need to do is command that respect. I'd have been upset, but I'd have said, you know, Man, they were part of their everything up to and including the Brentford win. But to me, to me um, it's, there's been a lot of feedback about move on, get over yourself. But I still go back to the history of this club. We're, we're one of the smaller clubs in London. We're not one of the fancy clubs. Yep. Everybody's been laughing at us, and what happened Saturday night gave many, many people another chance to laugh at us as a club. And it goes back, right? To right my Giannis, but
0: I,
2: I don't see the relevance between the history of the club and. The but Giannis, penalty. I don't
3: because see this as you know as premeditated because, because the,
2: he but, on the okay. because, because we just had a bad penalty
3: because the Mitch because should. no because if if it, listen there are players that can do that and will, and will. Have the quality to do that. There's yes He actually did methods.
1: this for England. He actually did do that. That's fine. I mean, I've seen the video.
3: As a, as a, okay, as a sixteen-year-old, but don't forget that a you're a professional. B know what the game is, and C, what badge are you wearing? Okay. It's great. He can go back. He's going to get. He's been. He, he's been in, in. Everton's a pretty big club. Rasingsport Leipzig is a pretty yep. big club. We're not one of the bigger clubs. But you've got to respect everything that you do when you step up to take that penalty is that you know that you have 10 players behind you. You've got the coaching staff. You've got the subs, the players that can't play, and the fans around the world. And it's a team game. Nothing else matters.
1: It is a team game. But I think honestly, Giannis, I think he changed his mind in midstream. That's what I think happened. I could be wrong. I'm not him. But... You know, and, and listen, I, I wanted to give you the opportunity to explain yourself and talk about this just like Max did because, again, it, it like you said, this has been a polarizing topic the last yeah, two it days, it, yeah, it's it been We've everywhere. Been it and, and I respect your view, I respect Max's view, but I want to bring this to the table because I don't want to end talking about this just yet because I saw this and I actually responded. To Adamola directly on Twitter, so I'm gonna I'm gonna share my screen. I want everyone to see this. This is his tweet because I think it's important for everyone to see it who has not seen it. So I'm gonna share this and and then I want to talk about this because I think this is significant. So the next day, Adamola gets on Twitter and says, "After yesterday's mistake, I take full responsibility and onus for it to my teammates, manager." and the supporters. I vow to put the next one in. I will not let one failure hold me back. Now, guys, for me, for someone to do that, I think is shows again, that they feel like they did something wrong and they wanted to make up for it. And to admit that you've done something wrong and you said, basically saying, you're sorry for me, that is a big step. And that shows a little maturity. Again, he missed it, but he owned up to it, Giannis. And I can't get past the fact that I, it takes a, only certain person, and not everyone does what he did. And I think, I think he deserves credit for owning up to the missed penalty and basically saying he's sorry to everyone for that.
3: Well, uh, my, my spin on this is he typed it, he didn't say it. I mean, if he'd, if he'd come out in a video and said it, I, I think that's a lot more powerful. To me, if it's look it's harsh and said it, it's and said, it's that's yeah, my it's first thing. You're nitpicking there. Come on, secondly, no, 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 i no, not. I mean, look, we are digital technology the way it is. We, you guys know, living south of the border, yep, the, the power of that. You, I mean, you've had a president that basically ran four years on tweeting, right? But I, but it, I'm not even totally convinced that he. I, I, I'm actually convinced that um, he was jolt, he was tapped on the shoulder and said you'd better put this up but whether it was somebody with a hierarchy and the club I laughed I laughed at his thing when he said I'll put the next one in you reckon is going to let him take another penalty
1: well I don't know, Let's hope you
3: know not. yeah no yeah that's what
2: I agree with you honest yeah yeah no, no. I mean I, I, don't, I don't all don't all know, all know if we'll get another, another opportunity, opportunity yeah, I don't know. know.
3: Okay. But, you know, firstly, no, you're not going to be allowed to take another penalty because at the end of the season, Mister Nineteen, you probably will be going back to Germany. You're a lone player, but our club lives on. Okay. Well, so, I'm just no, going to share a comment. I give him credit. I will give him credit. I okay. I will give him credit for that. Okay. If you come out with a video thingy, um, but I'd be actually, I'd be. If I were him, I'd be more worried about his teammates. Okay. Tom Kenny said all the right things and, and what have you, but he's got to somehow make that up and establish, reestablish trust. And I think that's gonna be a very big ask.
1: Okay. I'm just gonna share some comments before I go back to you, Max, because I definitely want your thoughts because we we have the phone supporters commenting on this. And I listen, I wa- wanted all three of us to really share our views on this whole situation. I, I think it's valid. I think we should be talking about it. Like, like Giannis said, it's a polarizing topic. So I, I definitely wanted, wanted to, uh, to address. It. I didn't want to pretend that we weren't going to talk about it. So I'm just going to share some comments before I go back to you, because I want your view again on this, Max this is from Steve Taylor. Everyone makes mistakes. He's one of the best players. We have to give him a break. That's from Steve Taylor. Okay. So now we're going to go to Brian Lake. You can give him credit, but that doesn't get that point back. That point could be massive. So that's the other side, Giannis, that you're kind of going. Then um, David Perry, love Lookman. Tweet does nothing for me. I agree with Giannis on all of this. So, again, we are getting some different opinions. I'm, I'm going to share one more here. This is from Craig Marks. We need to slow our roll on Lookman. It was a poor decision to try this at the time. What we don't want to do is stop him trying audacious things. It's his style. That's actually an interesting point from Craig. Okay, Max. I want to get your thoughts on the comments, and also on what Giannis and I are talking about, and of course what Lukman tweeted.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's all a bit ridiculous. The criticism he's getting. Mitrovic has missed multiple penalties for this team. I've never seen him apologize once. Number one, doesn't really he doesn't really use social media that much. But again, I haven't seen Candy apologize after missed penalty. I remember Tim Ream missed a penalty at Newcastle, which took away Ryan Sessegnon's hat trick. I didn't see a tweeted apology. I think we need to give him credit for it. As Brian said, doesn't get the point back. doesn't change the fact that no. he did
1: it. But this is something... I, give I, him credit for is, tweeting that out.
2: I think he's genuinely apologetic. I and agree. You might not believe the tweet, which I think is a bit ridiculous, but look at his body language after the match. If all of this, what people are saying about Lookman, bigger than the club, was true, I would have seen someone who was cocky, who sauntered off the pitch, and was like, doesn't matter. I, I, I'll i fail, but I'll, I'll win the next time. He looked like... Honestly, someone just died. He was that distraught, bereft, head down. That's someone who I think is genuinely remorseful. At the end of the day, we can move on from this because, number one, we yep. won't be taking another penalty again. That's for sure.
1: You guys but, are right about that. Let's
2: about cool. the stakes of this, right? Yep. Look at penalty. We dropped a point because we could have had a point because of it, right? Yep. Mitrovic misses at Sheffield United. That cost us the win. You could argue. That's a, that's two points. Now, I'm not saying Mitrich is worse. That's not the point I'm trying to make here. I'm just trying to say, let's put it in perspective. Lookman didn't spit on the badge. It was a terrible decision, awful penalty, worst penalty I've seen in a long time. But let's see what he did in, in the match. I think he was an excellent attacking player, scored with an amazing goal at Sheffield United. Yep. Um, you know, had, had a great piece of skill, started counterattacks. I hit the post twice against Palace. This is going to be a guaranteed starter, Lookman. The talk of sending him back to, to Leipzig and benching him is, is just, honestly, counter to the success of Fulham. And I think we need to move on from this moment. The key thing is here, we won't take another penalty. Everyone can agree on that. And that's that. We don't have many good penalty pickers in the club. Yep. Richardson missed a bunch. Karin missed a bunch. I was surprised he was chosen, honestly. I think that's a Parker decision. He I, he didn't steal the ball off anyone, as far as I'm concerned. It wasn't like he took it in his hands like Kamara did. I think the manager made a mistake. You don't give it to Lookman. That was his first senior penalty, I believe. Yep. Bad bad call by Parker, if I'm being completely honest with you. Okay. I know Mitch Rich had a bit of a hamstring injury. That's what I'm hearing on social media. So that's why he didn't take yep. it. I'd rather give it to Kearney. You know, not that many other players on the pitch who maybe that could overread, I heard people say, not many other natural penalty takers. I would not have given it to Lookman. So that's a part. Okay. Lookman didn't steal this. But you know, as i said before, he won't take another one. That's the end of
1: the story. Move on. Well, it's funny because, in, uh Giannis, I'll give you one last say on this. But before I do that, you know, it's funny. I was listening to the – I'll mention the Fulmish podcast. We were talking about the hard time that we've had with uh, penalty takers, right? And But we've had a couple of good ones. You know, Danny Murphy was excellent. But since Ross McCormack – and I had to think about, like, Ross McCormack was great at it. After him, it's been this nightmare situation with – Taking penalties, my friend. So, you know, I'm glad that Max brought up Tim Ream. Listen, we we can go on and on. We can t- obviously talk about the Abubakar Kamara one last uh, two seasons ago. Last time we were in the Premier League, that was bad. I mean, it's just it's just been horrible. But again, uh, I'm glad that we could talk about this, and I I, I definitely wanted to share the reaction to uh, what Lookman tweeted because I I th- I personally think it's genuine. If you don't, I understand that, too. But anything else you want to share on this, uh, Giannis, before we move on? Because I definitely want to talk about the West Ham goal. I think that, I think they go hand in hand.
3: Yeah, I think um, uh, the, 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 the problem... Um, M- M- Mitro's missed penalties, but Mitro's earned his, the right to miss penalties. He's earned his spurs. Look, Mr. 19 has been here several games. So we can be critical of of, of Mitro about his attitude sometimes. But as I said, the other four players that were part of that lineup have earned that right. To me, they've earned that right. And um, he hadn't earned that right. The biggest problem right now, I think, will be how do you trust this player? And I think he earned
1: it back, my friend. If you're asking me, that tweet earns it back. But that's just me.
3: I think Scotty benches in next game. Minimum.
1: Oh, I don't know. Oh. about that. I I, yeah. I don't know about that because he's
3: got to he's got to think of the rest of the players here. He has to think of the team. Well, he's I think they should be, have
1: a team meeting. If you're asking me.
3: Well, I I c- can you imagine for a second what that bus ride back to Craven College was like on Saturday night? Can you imagine what the change rooms were like? I mean, there's no cameras in there, but can you imagine yep. when he went back into and then he had Scotty had to drag him. <clears throat> excuse me. He had to drag himself out and face the media after that. I, I, I don't, I don't think you could have heard an ant crawl in that change room. I don't think you'd have heard anything in the, on the bus. And I've been on journeys like that, and I've coached in games like that where there's nothing you can say because the team you have in front of you or the team you're playing with are just devastated. Okay, And the players will be, you know, when they got home Saturday night, they go home to families. And when I look at players like Mitro, who I thought was did a super job in terms of de- defending Saturday, let alone like anything else, the amount of mileage he covered, the big thing for, for Scott, it will be how he's going to lift the rest of the team up. And I and I think it's going to be, he's going to need every piece of nuance and skill possible to try and galvanize the boys before everything. hope to God he does. Okay,
1: listen, uh, and I understand your point, Giannis, but I also believe in redemption. And I think that this situation for Lookman could be his springboard for the rest of the season. Because when you have a setback like this, you're either going to go down or you're going to go up. And if he takes upon this to really just move himself forward, and I tweeted this to him, he can go wherever he wants to go. Sometimes when you have setbacks, Giannis, in life, you can actually push forward three steps. And, again, I think that this is a wonderful opportunity for him and for the club to, t- to put this behind. When you have adversity, it's how you react to it. So let's see how he reacts to it. I would start him the next match. I wouldn't bench him because I want to see him react to it. Uh, get behind him. Get The team should get behind him because he can be a vital part of this team's survival. So I'm all about giving this kid a chance to redeem himself for one mistake. We all make mistakes in life. That's where I'm going on that. But, guys, talk about situations. We we spent a lot of time talking about this. I also really want to spend time talking about this situation. And I want to thank my friend Chris Davidson, who's actually watching live. Thank you, Chris, for sending me this from – from a foam fan in Italy, because um, initially I thought this was definitely offside. Scott Parker talked about it after the match. You know, he wants clarification what offside is. And, but when I got this from Chris, and uh, basically it sounds like to the rule, this was not offside. This was a legal goal. But again, I have to ask myself, You know, it just didn't seem like it to me. So, guys, let's talk about it. I know fans have some opinions on it. I I still think it's offside, but if you go to the letter of the rule, this is probably the right call, but I disagree with it. Giannis, I'll go to you first. Your thoughts on the goal from West Ham because you see Anderson put his hand up twice, and he also had to head the ball. And as Scott Parker said, he needed to do that. Because of the situation that was at hand, your thoughts on West Ham's goal?
3: Yeah, that's the problem. There's too much mud in the water with the interpretation. I mean, before the show, I was saying to you about the, the Bamford goal, yes, on Saturday for Leeds, which is, which ridiculous is absolutely too. ridiculous. And when it comes to it's like the it's like refereeing. When you start talking about referee performance, then there has to be problems when they become the, the focal point as opposed to the game itself. And when VAR, VAR becomes the focal point of the game, then something's wrong. Great referees or good referees, you don't talk about them. They've the got job done. VAR should get it done right. Um, there have been too many calls, us notwithstanding this year, that have gone belly up. And people are grumbling. I mean, when you've got someone like Roy Hodgson, you know, 71, 72 years of age, seasoned veteran. It. Yeah, and he's saying, look, I'm not enjoying this game anymore because I'm fed up of this. If you can't listen to someone like him, then there really has there really is a problem. It is causing more nonsense, uh, and I would, uh, I, I don't know. This is another polarizing one. It is. It, it is. I'm all about you've got to. I go back to my umpiring thing. It's about making the right call, and um, I I wouldn't have given that, but I understand why they gave it. Yep. Um, but. We did have a chance to come back. <laughs>
1: well, we did, we did, but we, did. But but we I are mean, talking always, about this because this is this yeah, goes hand cool. in hand with the other situation. I yeah, think the they're VAR. both polarizing.
3: Yeah, they are very much so, and, and I think. Um, but VAR, I'm I'm just, I'm done with VAR. I'm just, too, <laughs> it's too much. No, really. No, I mean, I'm the championship. Be we've done it, done it, honest. We've VAR with it. this? Yes, it's. I'm just. It's become a, a disaster now. I mean, Bamford is. I'm not. Can't stand lead, but an arm come on i mean where's again at a toe what's it going to be next to a, a toenail i mean it's just it's it's again it's taking focus away from the 22 people on the on on the pitch yeah so um I mean, it's disappointing i hope they they end of the season are gonna have to take a very good look at this okay. i agree with Hodgson. it's ruining the game'll
1: put it this way how much do you blame anderson on this and then i want to get max's thoughts because according to scott Parker because i was just reading what he had to say you know you know It's funny because um, I'm just going to read this quickly. He says, there are two talking points tonight. The first is the penalty miss. The other is the first goal. Haller is in an offside position. My center half has had to react and head the ball. We have every gadget in the game, VAR, offside. I'm not sure many people know the exact offside rule. I played the game for a long time. I'm now a coach who coaches a back line to catch people offside, unquote. So Max, what are your thoughts about this? Because, again, it sounds like he's teaching his players to do it a certain way, and it doesn't matter because it's a goal. How much do you blame Anderson on this, you know, or Scott Parker because this is what he's telling his players to do? Or is this just a bad circumstance for Fulham? What are your thoughts on all of this?
2: Well, before I get into that, let's just talk about VAR. You know, Let's talk about it. Without VAR, Luckman doesn't miss a penalty. So – Let's get rid of VAR. We wouldn't have to have no conversation about the Myth penalty. That's
3: where the um, ref has to get it, though. The no, ref no, no. has to see that, though. Well, in I terms,
2: mean, it, it looked... yeah. But in all seriousness, you know, we did get, We did benefit from VAR this match, and that's not been discussed. So let's just be clear that VAR's situation, it, it gives and it takes away at the same time. You know, I think yeah. everyone's essentially affected evenly by it. Um, but I have to criticise the back line here. Okay. I think the reason this is given us a goal is because, you know, the through ball, I think, was by Declan Rice doesn't really get anywhere near Allaire. And that situation where Anderson either Ina has to give him a shout, leave it, let me take it, because honestly, no one's behind Anderson. The ball's going away from Alair in that situation. He needs to have a better awareness about what's going on. Perhaps the right back must give him a shout. Perhaps he needs to do something, but it was a really bad clearance of a header right back into the danger area. So I do have to point fingers at the center backs. Um and yet, it's a tough situation because you played 90 minutes of essentially error-free football, and at the end, it slips away. But to me, that's an offensive miscue.
1: Okay. Giannis, do you agree with Max on this? Do you put the onus more on form than the circumstance?
3: I'm not sure. Um... I think my problem with it is that it was just the interpretation when the ball came across. Um, I was watching a goal. I was watching the highlights of a game yesterday, Roma. Genoa against Roma, um, Serie A. And Mkhitaryan scored a hat-trick for Roma. Very good goals. But the first goal, the ball's come across and he's offside. And then he comes back from an offside position and the ball drops on half volley and it goes in and it's given in even though the general defenders are going what well, he's come from an offside decision offside position it's in the old days and I'm going to sound very old here the, it was the offside rule was very simple it yep. was the striker closer to and you didn't have the interfering with play and that anywhere where any sport where you've got so much Room for interpretation is a problem. I think the more black and white you say, "Okay, well that is that isn't that is that isn't the 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 penalty our penalty the Kearney one." I don't know how the ref actually would have missed that. I, I, I because oh, to me, hard. yeah, like how do, how do, why do you have to go to VAR? You he's, he's not Kearney's gone through, and he's and Ben Ram has clipped him. And he's on top. He's watching the play.
1: Again, when when you watch the replay, Ben Rama really equipped him pretty well there. And, you know, he was right there. He should have seen that. But, you know, it's funny because I kept hearing on the broadcast, well, this is what his second Premier League match. But, again, that shouldn't be an excuse. You know, it's right in front of you. You should know that that should be a penalty. But, again, it goes to VAR and then it takes the time. and it. And then there was a delay, yeah. and, uh, and then of course we have the situation that, that it is. But with with this goal, you know, it's funny because this goes back to in all sports, Max. I, I want to go back to you on this because I I know you you're critical of the defense on this. To your point, it's funny because again, it sounds like Scott Parker is teaching his player his players to do it a certain way, but. In most sports, I was always taught to play to the whistle. You probably have heard that term, right? That you just play it until it's called. And um, in a way, I think Anderson was doing that. But I don't know. It's, it's it, was
2: a, it was a bad header.
1: They're just a bad header.
2: I mean, we're kind of dancing around the point here. But he headed it back in the danger area. If he heads that wide, yeah, you know, out of danger, it's a different story. We're not having this whole discussion. Yeah, it's not good defending. You know we we can baby it all we want, but listen, I like Anderson a lot. I think he's made a big difference. Yep. But ninety first minute, a ball comes in. You, he had to ride back in the mixer. Yep. it's 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 a simple mistake.
1: Okay, all right, all right. Well, listen, it's unfortunate that um, listen, we spent over a half hour talk talking about these two controversial moments, but I want to talk a little bit more about the match because as I started the show, guys. I'm still feeling positive about Fulham coming out of it after a loss, after a devastating loss. I'm feeling good, and uh, that's why I really want to talk about the match. But let's start by talking about the starting 11. Max, I'll go to you first. What were your thoughts when you saw the starting 11? Yeah, You know, the change was Lamina
2: out, uh, yep. Harrison Reed's in. Were you okay with that? I think it was probably injury-enforced, so yes. that's fine. Uh, personally, I'm glad to see Harrison Reed get that starting place back because there were conversations a couple weeks ago, whether he even would with the way Lamina was playing yep. and Giza Kearney. Um but happy to see him. Didn't have a big difference. I thought he was actually very good in the center of the park. Apart from that, I, I also thought it was, you know, it was the right decision. You know, keep largely the same formula that won us the only match this season, you know, against West Brom. So didn't have
1: any complaints. Okay. Giannis, your thoughts on the starting eleven and the eighteen overall. Did you agree with it?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and Max is right. I think Lamina was was uh, injury forced because he came off against West Brom at halftime. But that was you did. Scott called that precautionary. But Reid had an excellent game. Um, obviously, uh, Kenny Tetti wasn't wasn't ready. I'm delighted to see David Over Reid back. And can we? Have, I was going to ask you about that. Naysay, were you happy with that? You were happy. Can these naysayers shut up about Kordova, Really? Do you watch what he does on the field? Oh my lord! I mean, he, he's the Energizer Bunny. Gives it everything every game and you know um, by the way i read this somewhere and i'm like does he have a, a 100% penalty taking record
1: i heard something about that as well i'm not a, i'm not 100% sure, sure. sure
3: about that <laughs> but, but you know what another another good game and he's just he, he, i like the i like the link up between he and uh uh aina aina's grown on me i wasn't sure sure the first game um, i still think tete is going to when he comes back um, will go in the lineup just because of his brilliant crossing. But I know it's done a good job, and I like uh, that link up between the two works. Um, so the 11 was good. I mean, it was, okay. you know, and they – and, it, yeah, selection was spot on.
1: Okay, very good. All right, coming up next, we're going to break down both halves of this match, and I'll ask my co-host who was man of the match. Okay, guys, let's look at the first half. And, Max, I'll give you the honors of talking about the first half here. And what's interesting about this? There was a deluge for for the uh, I guess you could say the first five or six minutes. West Ham were all over Fulham, and, and if it wasn't for Areola, Fulham would have lost this match a long time ago. Before you know, b- before we got to the end. So we have a lot to thank with uh, Alphonse Areola because he really stood up. So let's get your reaction to weathering that early storm. And I thought controlling most of the first half. Your thoughts of the first half, my friend?
2: Yeah, just to know on Deca to though, he was off the pitch by the time the belly was taken. Yeah, yeah. I, know. Yes. I know. Yeah, so yeah. I can't blame Sparta for that. Um, yeah, we were under the cosh first 10, 15 minutes. Um, reminded me actually a lot of when we played them last, or last time in the Premier League when we conceded those goals from corners and they just started very brightly on us. But the big thing was we didn't concede. And that's just so encouraging because the worst part of us in the Premier League is as soon as we encounter any sort of opposition, we just crumble. But this looks like a team that has a solid back line, that has a fighting spirit about it, and that's one of the most positive things, is that once we faced a little bit of pressure, we didn't we didn't just fall back and, and, and let the opposition in. So that was very positive, didn't concede an early goal. And Ariel is looking like a very, very good signing. I think it's taken a while for him to... Fully, you know, get his get a acclimated to that back line, but as he has, he's, he's been very dependable. Um, and then I think, honestly, we we started to play on the front foot, you know. And again, this is yep. West Ham United. Uh, I don't want to give him too much credit, but they are an established Premier League side. They are They're a good team, and we played with them toe to toe. It was an even encounter. Right? So I don't think any side really had the edge as a nope. half four on. And these are the kind of things which, as Russ mentioned, I think. A bit too much, but this is how we could stay up. You know, we're playing teams close, keeping that clean sheet in the halftime, giving giving us a chance away from home. That's right. Into the final 45. Because all we need is give ourselves a chance. That's so right. many matches in the early part of the season, we just shot ourselves
1: in the foot. With Look at the difference, day. Max. Yeah. Look at the difference. You know, again, we could talk about the beginning matches. Look at how we played against Arsenal, against Aston Villa. And it's all leading up to this match against West Ham, you know, you can even look at Wolves, but this is so much better than against Wolves.
2: Yeah. I think we need to answer why that is. And this is, I think, the biggest argument in favor of strengthening in the transfer window. We have a Premier League quality back line now. We do. We absolutely do. I'm I'm
1: convinced of it. I'm totally convinced of it.
2: Yeah. And I I think that's massive is that, you know, Tony Collin, to his credit, went out and strengthened. And it's it's paying – It's it's – Paying
1: it, you know benefits out there. Yep. Listen, we can definitely criticize Tony on taking too long. I mean, you could definitely do that because that deserves as, as criticism. We have done, as we have done. Yes. Yes, you you have, and, and we have on this show. But in the end, did he get it right? I would have to say yes. I just wish that he would have done it sooner than later. That's the way I look at it. But that's actually a good point. And Giannis, over to you, because I want to get your thoughts on this. My positivity comes from the first half. Because, you know, and again, I I loved Roy's teams, even though at times they were very conservative. But I would always say to myself, they would weather a storm, Giannis, and then they would find a way to, to take a hold of a match at times, especially at Craven Cottage. But away, you know, they're away. I know that there are no fans there, but it's still a West Ham home match. And they held their own for the majority of that match against a team that has solidified themselves in the Premier League. And I've been hearing all these positive things about West Ham. West Ham are no better than Fulham. Points-wise, yes, but they they went toe-to-toe with West Ham. And the first half really showed why I am f- feeling more positive coming out of it in a loss.
3: Well, we managed to, we managed to nullify the threat to Rice, Suchek, and Haller. Uh, they really didn't get much of a sniff. And um, we were organized and we, I mean, Ariola was superb in the first half and, and second half, we got off to a little bit of a slow start as well, yep. but we, we, you know, we, we, we grew into the game. That's and, right. Um, you know, the, 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 as a performance, I, I, I would think there would be few complaints from many fans about the way, the way we played. We stuck to it. Ariola did what a good goalkeeper does. And, um, we hung around and we hung around and we hung around. And even going back, I mean, I don't think we, you know, of course we could have got the points against Sheffield United. I thought against Wolves, I thought we were decent in that game. Yeah. We gave them a very good game really until the second half. Um, Villa, we were miserable. Um, Arsenal, we weren't much better. Um, but I thought our team shape was excellent on Saturday. And, um it's so a lot of work that went into it. And a lot of work went into it. And don't forget, we, you know, more than any other team in the Premier League, we had less of an off-season because we started later than anyone else. Right. We didn't get the benefit of having preseason games anyway. And, you know, um, while the new players are betting in and trying to find, get that match fitness, which won't quite be there, um, he's trying to establish this structure and shape and a philosophy, a team philosophy. And again, a team philosophy. And uh, it's obvious that the players buy into it, and the players are work. They're running for him. They're working for him, and, uh, and that's really pleasing to see. And it's not that I doubted it, but it's nice to see. And so I said I was really pleased overall with the performance. Sadly,
1: see, I'm right there with you, and Max. Before we move on to the second half, I think Giannis nailed it, especially the last two matches. There, these are team performances. They're playing as a unit, and. That's been my criticism of some of these matches, even last season, that it just didn't seem like a cohesive unit, Max, even though Fulham ended up where they were in the championship. Or even their first year in the Premier League, it didn't feel like a team unit. This team feels like that, Max. And I think you really saw that in the first half. It wasn't as good in the second half, and you have to give West Ham some credit for that. But they fought with this team to to toe for 90 plus minutes. And of course we know how it all ends, but your thoughts on playing as a team. I think it's continued from the last match against West Brom because I kept hearing, well, it's West Brom. They're a poor side. This is not a poor side, Max. Fulham deserve credit for the performance. The result. That's a different thing. How did they perform? They performed well in a loss. Yeah. And I think another big factor of that is a center of
2: midfield. Kearney absolutely a breath of fresh air. It's so bit. rare that we have players play bad in the Premier League and they did the championship. But that's exactly what we're seeing. This is a yes. Kearney we haven't seen in a long time. I think he's a big reason why we're seeing ourselves play like a team. And I think he was excellent again on Saturday. Um, totally agree. And it's not just his passing. I think it's also the defensive work rate that he's brought in there. Yep. That's finally what you want to see from a captain. You know, leading yep. by example. Something that's been a big part of it is that we have that solidity now in the center of the park. Yep. And it just makes it hard to break down. And, you know, the, the commentators mentioned this, but, you know, Sucek, uh, un- until his goal, obviously, he was
1: anonymous. He was completely anonymous. He did anonymous. a
2: really good job of,
1: of yes. keeping him
2: out of the equation. Um, and credit has to go to players like Harrison Reed, Kennedy, and Agisa in the center of the park. Yep.
1: Okay, very good. All right, let's move to the second half. And, Giannis, I'll start with you. I want to get your thoughts on the second half. We, we all know how the match ended, but let's talk about all – before that, and again, gotta give West Ham credit. Come out strong, but Fulham, as I was saying in the first half, weren't as dominant as they were in that first half. They 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 weren't in the second half. But again, it was going down to the end. They were again going right at West Ham. They were not giving West Ham anything. They they were getting a little bit deeper at the end, which was concerning me. And maybe that's where everything led up, but. I thought that the performance wasn't as good in the in the second half. But, again, how much better were West Ham than Fulham in this match? And that's my analysis. When you look at the second half, it's you want to give yourself a chance to win. Fulham did give themselves a chance to win. It just didn't work out for them. They went all the way to the end of this match to stoppage time to lose this match. They gave themselves a chance to win. They just didn't get it done, Giannis. So the second half performance wasn't as good as the first half. But they were in position to do
3: something. Second game in second game in six days because you know, we played Monday night, and we looked not, 82, 83 minutes, and we started. To, we started to back off a little bit. We're starting to get tired. You could you could see that, you know. And uh, I think that was the thinking behind the the, substit- the substitutions and uh, and and that's fair enough, um, but. You know that's how the schedule goes, and TV dictates everything, and that's fine. Um, but again, our shape was good, our shape was um, good enough. I mean, they're they're a good side, West Ham. Uh, but I I would say that um, had we got the point, I I don't think that the, the maybe the, the bubble supporters might be might have been having a laugh, but. Um, we can't. We wouldn't be able to complain because I thought we were worthy of the point. We we're going to have to get the points. Absolutely. out there, but We played well enough, and and um, um, it, it, it's a shame in a way that, that, that when the, the, the post match conference Scotty didn't really have the opportunity to talk about the you know the collective performance of the lads yeah. over ninety seven minutes, which was he will be very very proud of, of, of.
1: My friend. They were they were in the, you know and again yeah. that's got me motivated to say what I said at the beginning of the show yes everyone knows I'm a positive person but after a couple of days of thinking about this and thinking about where they started to where they are now and the fact that there's right now about four teams fighting at the bottom I'm thinking that foam can be the team that's not part of that bottom freight but only time will tell us early in the season mm-hmm. but I am feeling good coming out of this loss. I know that's crazy to say, but that's how I feel, my friend. And Max, over to you quickly. Give, give me your analysis of the second half, and then we'll end with man of the match.
2: Yeah, the the part I want to focus on is right after we conceded, and this is maybe the most encouraging part of the match, is that we didn't give up. No? I think the past Fulham team would have had their heads dropped, but I've seen this Fulham team this season fight till the death. And I think that's a Scott Parker thing. We saw last season, the championship. Just comes to mind, I remember the Leeds match, what, we're down three goals and we bring it back within a goal. That's honestly what gives me hope. You know, I don't have a lot of hope, but I have some. And it's just because this team doesn't know it's dead. You know, it does not accept defeat. And it's so easy because when that c goal went in, my head dropped. I was devastated. I thought 90 minutes, so good just for this. And then we managed to pick ourselves up. And keep creating chance after chance. But like uh, Parker. Yeah, you know? exactly. But like Parker. And even for penalty, th- there were other chances. You know, we did have other situations. We won corners, et cetera. We were pushing until the very last gasp. Um, and that's the biggest part of me in the second half is that this team pushed for that equalizer and
1: very nearly got it. Okay, very good, Max. All right, w- let's end quickly with man of the match. Who's your man of the match, Max?
2: I'm going to go with uh, Animo Luckman. Um, <laughs> Fanta, Fanta, Uh, Tom Kearney, for me, again, second match in a row. Um, Donnie Boston in midfield. Much okay. more positive going forward. And, again,
1: great work rate defensively. Okay, so you're going with Tom Kearney. And, and and I'm glad that we talked about this because, Max, you and I have talked about this. What's interesting is his change to his role now, putting him into a position to succeed. He can succeed at that role. Now, it might affect other players, I'm thinking of uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who might be uh, another candidate for that position. It's Kearney's now. It's Kearney. It has to be Kearney's now. And he owned it against West Ham. He owned it in the last match, too. So I understand why you went with Tom Kearney. Over to you, Giannis. Who, who's your man of the match?
3: Well, if Max was going to mention Lookman, then I'd give it to Billy the Badger. <laughs> um, okay. I think Areola. Areola, think, okay. Uh, yeah, because without his saves in the first half, we're, we're out yeah, of Yeah, I totally and, agree uh, with that. Uh, he was very, very good, and he's. Um, uh, I've been extremely impressed with the way he's played. He's, he's, but, that, but I thought that back five. Um, uh, Robinson didn't have a, as good a game as he did against West Brom. Uh, made a couple of mistakes early on, but then yep. he grew into the game, and I think collectively they, I didn't really think at any point they were going to break us down. I, I didn't really think that they troubled us. Um, and this is a and, brand new back five. Back five. Think so about it. It, it, do, it. it does bode well. Um, personal, personal concerns and hang-ups with left wing, and notwithstanding, um, I, I'm really proud of the performance from Zadash. I am. Um, I don't drink alcohol, but maybe I should start. <laughs> Because it
1: should we give a shout for Harrison Reed as well from Ben? Yeah, Lawrence he was excellent.
3: Too? Oh, Harrison, you know what? Yeah, he Lemin had, had a very good first half against West Brom, and, and Reed did the job. He's so dependable and um, never stopped and, and seemed to actually get better as the game got on. So he did, yeah, honorable mention to Harrison Reed for sure.
1: Okay, excellent. All right, great show, guys. Thank you for doing this, and uh, we will have a show. Probably um, sometime next week as we get ready for the next match. It is an international break, and uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it, but we will <laughs> have a show soon. But I want to thank everyone for watching and listening, and my co-hosts, uh, Max and Yanis for doing the show for me. But let's wrap this up. For Yanis and Max Cohen, I thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. Bye. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougal share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.